If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything is Personal. As always, my co-host, my Robin to my Howard wearing an awesome super vinyl hat and another cool shirt, Mr. John Small. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you. I'm also your Robin to your Batman, I think, as well. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm everything there for you. I'm, I'm your support man, your wingman. Dude, I'm, I'm excited today, man. We uh, have a special guest. Love it when uh, we have guests. No. Our guest is joining us from the East Coast where I heard there was a snowstorm. My dad showed me, he sent me pictures of snow. And I'm like, are you going to shovel that? My dad's like 75. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to shovel it in little patches. So we'll do the steps first. I'm like, please uh, make sure that you get back in time. Like, okay, cool down. Don't overexert yourself. Because that snow looked heavy, man. It looked like a lot of drop. So, yeah, we uh, in New York City, we did. Yeah. That mysterious voice that just joined is uh, my dear friend, Matthew Evertson. And uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Uh, Matt invited me several years ago. I don't even remember how many years ago, but he was putting on a uh, him and his, uh, his partner's friend, uh, Rodell, at that time, were, were putting on a show in Vegas called the Vegas Cannabis Summit. At the same yeah. time, he was doing the Vegas Music Summit. It was a really good experience. We had a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, the a memorable moment that I had, he gave me an opportunity to speak, which I really appreciate. It was very early on in the launch of uh, you know our business, Endo. So it was a really good opportunity for me to get exposed. I had a really good interaction with Evan Britton there, who I got to be friendly with, who was on our show. And that's all due to the Vegas Cannabis Summit and Matthew, and then also uh, invited us to a special concert. It was at the MGM, and it was Matis Yahoo who was opening up for UB40. That was an impressive show. So that's my memory of our meeting, and uh, Matthew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Len, for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be here, Jonathan. Thank you as well. You know, it's, it's a pleasure to be on Everything is Personal. Definitely a fan of the show and happy to be here as a guest this evening. So yeah, thanks for having me. Terrific. Thanks, brother. Do you want yeah. to give our audience uh, like a little bit of an <clears throat> overview, background-wise? Uh, sure. As Len mentioned uh, at the time, the year I believe was 2017 or 18, we launched the Vegas Cannabis Summit, and we, as Len had mentioned, Rodell was my partner and co-producer in that. So we started doing events, you know, really just geared on trying to help transition. Uh, both the legal and illicit operators in the space towards understanding their messaging and storytelling and impact and being able to be, you know, safely and securely 
transitioned into mainstream, you know, with the focus, of course, on health and wellness. And as you mentioned, Eben Britton, the, the uh, amazing former NFL player in his journey to recovery and, you know, understanding the power of storytelling and the people that are behind it and being able to change people's minds. But so, you know, a, an event producer for many years in, in trying to bring the messaging of cannabis, ending the stigma and anti-prohibition around the plant for many years between Los Angeles, Las Vegas and, and New York City. Uh, also, for many years before that was uh, creative director in, in music supervision. So sourcing and placing music throughout a number of different ads from fashion and beauty companies from like 2011. And from before that it was all mostly like live music stuff from producing rock shows here in the city at, at clubs like Webster Hall back to early days where I'm from upstate New York at a club called Ballinger's and then Savannah's and the Dublin Underground. So yeah, so from music to cannabis and events to happily joining you gentlemen this evening on a, on a winter's- This is it. Uh, this is Thursday the pinnacle night. of your career right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm happy to be a guest anywhere, really. Right. And it's a pinnacle for two things. Think about it this way, John, like, you know, we, we talk about most cannabis and music, right? You know, we throw in some science. You're very business. on brand for us. Right? Very, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's cannabis <laughs> and right? music, right? So in terms of events, and I mean, it's COVID, obviously. So what happens right now? What is your prediction? I'm just curious uh, in terms of the sure. future of this, you know, because I'll tell you, one of the things I miss most is live music. Uh, this oh, is something, you know, John and I talk about this all the time. Like we go to shows, I go to shows all the time, probably like once a week or I used to before COVID. But now... I'm like having withdrawal symptoms. There's nowhere to go see live music, man. It's like, you're lucky if you hear a guy in the street. I went to Santa Barbara just because I had street musicians that were playing sax and guitar outside. Yeah. So I crave that shit. What are, you, so, what are your thoughts? Fortunately, some of the places in the city, in contrast to what you guys have been up against, we have had outdoor you know, dining and a little bit of indoor dining. And there's enough space with some of these setups that, there's a little stage at some of them even. People are able to enjoy that presence of, you know, a small three or four acoustic piece or a brass band or whatever. But, you know, as far as predictions, man, it's it's such a challenging thing. I'm trying to work on producing events that would like have a moving target for a quarter three, quarter four next year. Wow. You know, there's many different artists trying to find an alternative to their lack of touring revenue and it certainly has a huge impact on the industry overall, of course, from the venues to the touring and production and obviously the talent themselves. But, you know, there's a great opportunity online. A lot of people, there's a little bit of a bottleneck, I think, happening just naturally just because people are trying to figure out how to transition to a live show online. But it's such an inherent, important element to our human experience and ability yeah. to connect to each other that, of course, music's going to come back and it's going to come back in a big way. And I think yeah. that you know, especially these festivals like that are near and dear to our heart, to, you know, my hearts and these, you know, like the governor's ball local here to New York and certain yeah. things throughout the country that, you know, it's such an opportunity for the community more than just like the people on stage to come together and like, you know, not only enjoy the economic surplus of people coming and spending money on food and drink and the rest of it, but, you know, being able to share in that celebration, we're really, you know, I'm talking about just earlier with a friend of mine about the folks who, who've left the city and there's quite a substantial amount, but yet there's still so many of us here, but I wouldn't want to be anywhere else when this all, you know, when we are able to rejoice and come back. Yeah, and well, that's what I was, was going to say, like, special. if we can hang in there, I would just 
thinking of this today, like, well, it wasn't totally my original thought, but somebody wrote it and it made me think. So 1918 was the year of the Spanish flu, right? Yeah. Then look what happened. The roaring 20s, the, the, the 20s followed the, the Spanish flu. Absolutely. It's like one of the most yeah. fun times in American history with flappers and great jazz music and, you know, anti-alcohol just... prohibition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like we're going to face anti-cannabis. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Probably exactly. all coming. But I also think it's a great time to be, I mean, if we can just wait it out another six, seven months, you know, I think the live music scene is going to be bonkers. I think, you know, restaurants, everybody, when, when people can finally feel safe to go out, especially young people are going to just be going out in droves because we've been so pent up for so long. What's up with these driving? Yeah. What's up with these driving concerts though? Like, uh, I haven't been to one. I'm afraid of the, the, the ability to too many people to have a horn really, but, uh, (laughs) you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to honk your horn. That was a rule. Yeah. I went to it's, one. So who, how was, who was it? Um, who who, who do we see? Um, did you see Sublime? No, God, Sublime. Because no, they, had, name? they the had the incredible they... bass player that, yeah, it was Thundercat. So I went to a oh, Thundercat cool. show. Oh, um, yeah, well, that's a little different. That cool. was, well, he was great. But, you know, then he was, it was yeah. really a Hannibal Burris show. And, um, but Thundercat was really the, the star. But I'll tell you, live comedy does not work in parked cars because you can't hear anybody laughing and there's something exactly. about somebody making exactly. jokes. Exactly. You need that. You, yeah. you can't you hear that. it and it was hard for him. It was hard for us yeah. as an audience. It's very weird. But the music yeah, was great. Cool. I mean, you put it up, they had a special station that you would tune into like on the FM dial and uh, everybody had their cars the open. Dial. People were sitting in the back. <laughs> we're, yeah. ba- we're back to 1986. Exactly. You were tuning it in experience. on an FM dial because they couldn't even play it too loud. It was in the Rose Bowl parking lot. Oh. And uh, the, the neighbors would complain if it was too loud. So it was like, it was. I mean, it was definitely not like going to a real show. But I, I was just so happy to get out of the house. And my son and his friends were thrilled because they love Thundercat. So that was yeah, cool. Yeah, me too. I saw, yeah, I saw cool. Thundercat and... Kamasi Washington play oh, at cool. the Ace Hotel. If you're into kind of an interesting mix of jazz, fantastic. These guys together are just phenomenal. So, Kamasi's fantastic. Yeah, 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 amazing. We ask a few questions of our guests. Uh, oh yeah. First question is: Describe your first experience with cannabis, if you my, remember. My first consumption experience. Mm-hmm. Did you grow it before you consumed it? I certainly heard about it or like through like dare programs or, you know, music or just older people in general. But my first consumption experience was at a friend of mine's house. It was me and him and his older brother and a few guys. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's funny how some people talk about their first experience and they don't really know if they were engaged or they remember you know, getting high or whatnot. Yeah. And I can assure you that we certainly got very high. We, uh, (laughs) We, I, I remember somebody had just like a, somebody's dad's big, like metal steel car that was like with a couch in the back seat. You know what I mean? That we were all <laughs> hot boxing in the back of, and then we proceeded to do, uh, I don't know, maybe this might be everything personal. Everything first, too or, personal. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, gravity bongs, man. No, nobody's listening. Don't worry. Has, about it. has anybody uh, talked about gravity bongs yet? No. What's a gravity uh, bong? No, no. What no, that even I've, is? I've done. I've done gravity bongs. Oh, please. I'm uninitiated. Yeah. I'm the uninitiated, so I'm the the, the bong <laughs> gravity bong. Version yeah. Well, it's always the older brother instigating it somehow, or like <laughs> always. It's high tonight, but yeah, gravity bong for your first time is certainly, I think, probably a bit unique in that way. But it's essentially where you take a two-liter soda bottle and cut the bottom of it mm. off with an adjacent bucket of water. Mm. 
and you make the makeshift piece out of the 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 top there with like aluminum foil with some right. holes in it and then create just a vacuum of that whole like two liter bottle and then of course so know, if you move it if you move lengths, if you, you know, move yeah, it up right. and down it actually fills the chamber uh, yeah like, with gravity like so the gravity fills yeah. the chamber yeah a poor man's bong i guess in that yeah. way but uh, it certainly had an impact. It and works. Later, it doesn't. Later on, hey, it's it was it the first time I we ever I ever heard of or saw the movie Half Baked. So that was a, even oh, yeah. more of a better way to like put it all <laughs> together. You know, got stoned for the first time and watched the Dave Chappelle Jim Brewer classic. Uh, yeah, it's a classic. Well, did you have a positive experience, or did, do you remember anything? I did. Yeah, I've never really had a terribly negative, psychoactive, overwhelming. Right experience in all in all my adult years of consumption so i'm fortunate in that way i've heard you know many other people sort of have that shared experience where maybe they took too much yeah. or don't know what john they were yeah. i'm like well, waving i'm like raising my hand but i <laughs> yeah, wonder we, we, i wonder if mm-hmm. matt has uh the genetic predisposition to not have bad you know like well yeah well we'll have to do we have to do, uh, have to do, DNA do i haven't done DNA. yeah i haven't done the end of Test, yeah, yeah. When, when we do Matt's uh, endo DNA test, we will be able to see. But I, I can assure you that he most likely doesn't have these uh, genetic markers uh, or you know s- something that aligns with uh, people that have these uh, predisposed uh, genotypes. The one that is activated, you can have that kind of experience. Like, and I talked about this before many times about cannabis being the vasodilator. So your your heart's going to beat faster, and, and it's normal. But with some people that have this predisposition, it really starts freaking them out. They start having this anxiety and, and, and panic. Totally. Mm-hmm. Or also just, you know, especially being on the East Coast with knowledge to where and what you're, you're able to get, you know, for such a long time, it was a benefit if it was even green, you know, and then yeah. from there, you know, and from there, you know, let's just say that the, the providers weren't maybe the most resourceful or educated as to <laughs> the yeah, the strain. Indica versus yeah, they don't know yeah, what, what cultivar, yeah. what strain it is. Right, and remember, yeah, so yeah back in the day, people, if I remember yeah. correctly, it was mostly delivery services in New York, right? Yeah, it was like, uh, still, still the same thing. Yeah, well, it's, there's yeah. no, it's not legal. Well, there's here. a medical, there's a medical program, but it's not, it's yeah. not legal. Yeah, it's medical. But I remember you get a card, and there's a a messenger on a bike delivers. It. I think HBO has a show yeah. about it. High something maintenance. I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> Matt's there to so, fill in all our, our uh, dementia moments know, here. We, exactly. <laughs> so, I, yeah, so it's they bring it. And I remember because when I used to uh, be a distributor, we'll call it, it's Kind Bud. And my Kind Bud was yeah. the, the BC Bud. When I had BC, like British Columbia, man, that was the best because otherwise it's pretty shitty. So you had Sour Diesel, which was like the kindest kind, uh, yeah. Blue Dream. And your BCs, everything else was pretty brown uh, back then. So I remember. Well, I am a fan of the show. I remember listening to you guys talk about going to the clubs on the East Coast and, and being oh, yeah. in New York for, for that period of time. And like, you know, again, you know, if it was green or if you know, hopefully there was no, you know, I remember when stems it went from seeds. stems and seeds to not having stems and seeds, how monumental of a shift in culture. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, you yeah, know, absolutely right. And then, yeah. And then as in my late teens and early twenties going to, I went to California and Los Angeles for my first time. And my goodness, like, you know, you mentioned our medical program here in New York, it's nowhere near anything. Sophisticated. To, like the to, New, well, yeah. we don't have flour. We don't have edibles. We, it's all very strict. It's very limited 
options, the places are few and far between. It's quite expensive, but California in the early to mid two thousands was already well beyond. Yeah. Well, especially Los Angeles medical program. But anyway, without getting no, it was it was terribly yeah, sidetracked. Was, so yesterday, I had an experience for the first time to have in New York medical cannabis oil pres- from oh, a prescription. Wow. So they it comes in a little bottle, like tincture oil. No, it was a vape. Vape oil. Mm. Sorry. But it was in a bottle that looked like it was a prescription bottle that just said, what is the THC CBD? And it, you, you unroll the back of it and it gives you all the different, like how you would in a pharmaceutical, all the different uh, legal language on it, adverse effects, but it, it doesn't give you test results and it doesn't mm. give you terpene profiles. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what kind of medical product is this when it doesn't give you all the you know information about it, the product? And and it frankly wasn't the best, but mm. you know, I guess that's that's all you. Got I was going to ask you if you remembered the brand, but we won't if it wasn't the. the I, best. I'd rather, I rather, even if I, I'd rather, rather not say yeah. the, the brand. Yeah, yeah. But I, agree. I, but, yeah, yeah it can use a little bit of help. Uh, sure, for sure. Well, I wonder, it's you coming. know, with New Jersey opening up now, and yeah. I mean, New York can't be far behind. You know, it's going to yeah. take a while to catch up to California. It's a cultural thing, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of good growing is going to happen in New York and and oh, New definitely, Jersey. yeah. We yeah, make good you, wine, you know, similarly, yeah. you know, and they were already producing quality hemp. It's, as you said, a matter of time. And, yep. you know, there's the bureaucracy to, to get through. It's sort of been that dangled carrot for, for many years as far as legalization here in, in the mm-hmm. state of New York. But we're, you know, currently surrounded by legal cannabis and at least med- access to medical, like, you know, between where every border we touch has, has well, you have flour, Jersey, you have Pennsylvania, yeah. you have Ohio, Massachusetts. Like, uh, Jersey, Massachusetts, yeah. Vermont, Massachusetts, Canada. It's yeah. yeah. Sure. Anyway, it's around. All right. Uh, next question is a musical related question. Yes. Is there, is there a go-to album or song or uh, what you like to listen to uh, when you consume? I'll have to echo my brethren, uh, Evan's answer and that that answer <laughs> definitely changes. Yeah. Uh, and for many years, my profession having being so, you know, oriented and having to listen to music with intention and purpose that like I've, you know, in, in my later stages here, I, you know, listen to just such a variety of even like instrumental from jazz and classical stuff. But like to refer back to any one over time is a challenge to answer. I, I wish I had prepared more for that question. Well, is there some that you remember, like when you go back and like, oh man, I'll that tell ma- you, that song makes me a memory connect of, yeah. to a memory of. Uh, yes. Memory. Well, I'll t- I will answer exactly that because you guys, yeah. that I knew that the first question was going to be about my consumption experience, right? Because right? I, you know, I had got me thinking about that period of time in my life around I was probably 14 or 15, you know. My son's age. That's why I lock up all the. The drawers <laughs> are you afraid of him too? no actually i'm not i'm not really actually afraid although i just i kind of feel responsible for it because i have so much cannabis in the house um yeah. so i feel like he'd, he yeah do you think he has already you know he's a musician he's got all the you would think but i just i feel like i know him well enough to know that he hasn't tried it well yet, I'll, I'll tell my story if you want i have a my daughter's gonna be 16 in the next uh, several weeks so uh, I can talk about the experience I had. I'll, I'll let Matt answer. Yeah. So question. Matt, you well, try when yes, you're 14, 15. There was, yeah. yeah. There was a, just to, to answer the question too. There was a, there was a Marvin Gaye compilation that I remember <laughs> listening to driving around. And it was like shortly after that experience that we spoke about, you know, earlier, Sounds it was so probably, much better when Marvin. probably within like the six months, nine months after that first experience where I had learned about 
after having smoked blunts right yeah and driving around and listening to a record on the you know appropriate or just enough to be inappropriate volume and 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 smoking a blunt and there was this marvin Gaye compilation that just really was hitting home at that time you know i have to it would be one of these things i'd have to see the cover of because it was definitely a compilation it certainly was not like a released album it was a it was absolutely a a greatest hits compilation but man it was like what you know and i was fortunate to be exposed to sort of so many of the greats through my parents and stuff growing up that Marvin was not unfamiliar to me, but just that right. certain collection of songs at that certain right. time, you know, with that new thing that. Len, that's somebody we lost over, too young. You know? Milan and I were talking oh, about man. doing an episode of artists that we lost too young, which to give a tease, we're not going to do it this episode, but that is Marvin Gaye, man. Can, oh, you can I call in? Can I you... want to call in on that one. I don't. You have can. To, yeah, I'll call. You, uh, you can to... call in on that one and, and offer some because. Yeah, because we, we were talking about you, we were. Yeah, Marvin Gaye. I mean, it's like getting shot by your dad too, man. It's like it's so crazy. Yeah, it's and we're talking about and how young he was. Oh was God, awesome. Biggie! Oh, Tupac. Of course, you, it's hard to yeah. say Biggie without Tupac. With those two guys, particularly, it, it always struck me still how young. Well, even even Marvin or a guy like Otis, like how young yeah, these guys were. I think so they were young. all in their twenties. Yeah, like those voices. Even now, as a I'm 36, and I listen to these voices. They still somehow sound older than me. I you know. know I can't. I, mean? I can't still get over the fact <laughs> these guys are. Yeah, like, these guys are young. Only 23, died in their 20s. Like what? He still sounds like even John something. Lennon was 40. Like I'm older than John Lennon, man. What? Right. What? And John he. Lennon. We just had his anniversary. Oh, yeah. Anniversary of his death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you go up uh, with musical parents? You were saying that your parents played all kinds I of I think, you know, just fortunate enough to be around parents who appreciated the arts and played us a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. And like being in the car and changing the cassette from like either my mom or dad driving, you know, and like right. playing everything from James Brown to like, you know, whatever was out then, you know, if it was like Amy Grant or like CNC music. Back, I mean, all of these yeah things that I didn't really have even my own influence to. And then by the time I was old enough to like pick and choose the stuff that I was into, it was like Guns N' Roses and Wu-Tang. So it was like, I had always had like a really strong palette of exposure, you know, and and, uh, from like, you know, the Motown, like again, the Marvin stuff, like the Motown and and all that soul stuff. My mom was a huge fan of and the classic rock, of course. So, you know, they're not musicians themselves, but always sort of just put that forward. And of course, encouraged my brother and I to, to be musicians and, you know, had that respect for the, the yep. arts. Yeah, great exposure. Yeah, it's a, yeah. You know, John and I always talk about we try to do the same for our kids to expose them to everything. And because uh, today's now music they're exposing is, me. Yeah, I yeah used it's to, exactly it's a beautiful relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm great. always listening. I'm like, what's new? What's going on? Uh, yeah. You know, and a lot of it I don't really like, and I don't <laughs> want to be that old guy like, oh, you know, it's like uh, it's back in the this day. music back in the day was so. No, I don't want to be that guy, but. It's Hard. true. Like the music today, <laughs> not everything, not, not everything. There's a lot of really, really good music, but man, it's like that Marvin Gaye. And I don't want to go back, yeah. but it's, it's, I think it's the emotion that is uh, within you that comes through music. If you're living in Beverly Hills and everything is nice and, and you're nothing's really in your life, you don't have those experiences to draw on. And I think that's the difference between, you know, some of the older music and, well, so so many of those elements i mean like not not only the emotional uh just like there's not as many st- stimulation there's not as much stimulation from right. you know your media choices but then you also had those records where you got a room full of guys actually playing 
real instruments. It's not yeah. one person right with the sound creating on a laptop or yeah. something. No offense to any of that, any of those creators, but the the energies. You know, it's also why vinyl is still championed because you can hear the difference of like four guys or five guys or whoever women. You know, I mean, musicians playing together on a track versus you know a solo single person creating something and sending it off to somebody else to add their vocals or their sending it back it just doesn't quite yeah. have the same well i was gonna say and i you know follow men on on social media and you get you you're it, well pre-covid would go to see shows with your with your daughter i like i love that i mean you know it's one of the greatest things about my parents was them taking me to see stuff you know yeah, one of my first concerts was going to see bb king with my mom at like i was like seven yeah. or eight you oh, know wow. like my you know, so that same the same thing i would take my daughter and be i like speaking of bb what an amazing i don't know if anybody has had a chance to see bb uh, when he was times. live but the stories besides the music yeah. the stories that he would tell with a smile on his face the shit that he went through oh my god with like a, you know this is the blacks only water fountain and he took that all in stride and, and was so such a positive energy it was such a beautiful thing so yeah Anyway, but singular so, artist. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh, concerts and kids and just kind of quick segue, like one of my scroll moments. <laughs> so my daughter, when she was uh, when she was really little, she was a big Justin Bieber fan. She still is. But and so her dream was to go to a Justin Bieber concert. And I was like, uh, uh-huh. all right, I'll take you. But you have to go to a real concert first. So I will expose you to real music before you get not Bieber. Uh, nothing against him. And I think he's a talented guy but it doesn't it's not the kind of music that really appeals to me on a daily basis but it's fine so i ended up taking her to a alice in chains and jane's addiction concert wow. so that was the first one we went to that's fantastic <laughs> that was it so because we watched ink master together she got to see uh, she knew who dave navarro was and he yeah. blew her a kiss off the stage because she was like one the only the kid uh, there and she was like oh my god him i know i think she was like eight maybe or seven and then uh uh one of the guys gave her a pick i'll just say i had her on my shoulders she was a big fan and then i got one c beaver and uh, i think post malone open was, uh, that's okay. cool jonathan you mentioned just the, you had seen thundercat with with your with my son uh, kids what was the first show that you went to with your with your son do you remember the first oh, show you man i have to ask him what it was i have taken him to so many shows mainly shows that he wanted to see um I know I took him to a fake Beatles concert, which he's never forgiven me for because it was like somebody was doing Beatles covers at the Hollywood Bowl and he was like, that was the oh, worst yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was talking was... to Len that the best concert I think I ever took my son to, first of all, we took him to a Foo Fighters concert. I think that was probably his, his best concert. Yeah. And, you know, Dave Grohl, it was Dave Grohl's birthday. He brought out everybody. I mean. They oh, were, yeah. It's the one with David Lee Roth and everybody. Yeah, he had like David Lee Roth. He, he brought out like so in many. In L.A. this was? It was in L.A. Hollywood. and we had a crazy yeah. seats. We were sitting right next to Gwen Stefani for some reason. It was like Seaside just had gotten that night. I don't know why we were sitting next to Gwen Stefani and Gavin and uh, and Bush. I mean, it was like it was the guy from Bush. And it was Gavin like it was Austin. crazy. And they weren't even together, but like for some reason they were like at that concert together. Anyway, it was just one of those shows that was amazing. And then, you know, I don't think he'll ever forget the Paul McCartney concert that I took him to at um, Dodger Stadium yeah. last year. That was really. We were, John and I were talking about it before the show started. The, Paul McCartney, just as a side, he posted on social that he's doing a show with uh, Rick Rubin. So him and yeah. Rick Rubin. And I was like, oh my God, like two of my favorite people in the world. A show, it was just mind blowing. And John and I, like, 
did you ever, did you see the, the Paul McCartney Dodgers show? I'm like, I saw Paul McCartney <laughs> every single time that he ever toured because I will now. I, yeah. I always thought of me, this may yeah. be the last time that you get to see the greatest living musician. It's arguable for anybody. And I'll, I'll welcome everybody's uh, challenge on that, but I don't think there's anybody bigger in music that's alive right now than Paul McCartney. And when he's gone, you know, it's sort of hard to imagine Ringo? a world without we Paul have Ringo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All respect yeah. to Ringo, but no, 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 I love Ringo. And I, where I was telling you that I, I saw him many times in concert too. And then I went to this uh, book thing that he released this book of photos where he found a trunk in his mom's house, something like that. And he released his book. So I saw him doing this like book tour thing too. But anyway, digress. Uh, Paul McCartney <laughs> for sure. They're both fantastic. Unbelievable. I, I, I've been able to see them both in recent years. And, you know, again, living legends. I mean, if you can see them, definitely. It's true. Like, and sometimes it's a little disappointing. Like, I'll admit that I've taken Elijah to a few shows of people that we liked. You know, like, we went to a Hall & Oates show. And uh, I like Hall & Oates quite a bit. Love Hall & But, you know, um, he doesn't sing like he used to. You know, the guys get older. Like, it's just like, you know, and your, your well, voice Well, he's got is, Lyme disease, too, you know? Does he? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, an, he's a great artist, and I know he's a great songwriter. And that was a little disappointing. I mean, we're just happy to be there because we love the music. But, you know, sometimes it's usually like, pretty oh, good. He's got that show that he does, Daryl's House or something like that. Yeah, right. it's so cool. It's great amazing. content. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Shout out to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as we talked to earlier, I mean, like, guys, I mean, the live music, we're, we're all can't wait for it to, to oh, come, yeah. it, to come I'm back. All over. And, I mean, I have so many shows that I had tickets to that got canceled. I yeah. had New Order. And I had Pet Guns N' Roses. Boys. Oh, yeah. Guns N' Roses at the at the new stadium, the new uh, uh, football stadium, and that like, guy canceled. Yeah, I got like six. I mean, I was going to see Alanis Morissette doing. Uh, oh man, that's great. That show it'll be great, right? Jagged Little Pill, the Jagged Little Pill tour. I've got yeah. the New Order and Pet Shop Boys tickets. I've got yeah. a Billie Eilish show. I mean, I had we had Billie we had bought Eilish so many tickets. Um, anyway, they'll be back. It'll they'll be, be back. back. Everything's going to be, be back in, in with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah it'll absolutely. Be, it'll, it'll be I, exciting. Back to questions. Uh, what has cannabis meant in your life? Uh, so many things over the, the course of, of my uh, experience now that it's, you know, close to 20 years. It's been uh, a bridge to, to relationships and, and to, to music and to culture and to, you know, certain things you, I don't know that I'd have been exposed to or prepared for otherwise. You know, later and especially you know, more recently in my career with getting behind producing these events and, and having what started as a curiosity turn into more of a, a calling and an understanding that there was a responsibility behind getting people to understand the truth behind 80 years of very specific intentional programming and, and demification around what we know is an ancient healing miracle plant. So it, it means a lot. It means a, a bright future. I, I, th I think it can mean a lot for our, our country, both in healthcare and economy. I, I'm encouraged that people are starting to get wise to understanding how we've gotten here. I know it's a, it's a still a long road to climb, but for people to really truly get what's been going on since 1937 and the industries that have kept this away and, you know, we can't, talk about that stuff without understanding the full scope of its impact on our culture and society from the war on drugs to the private prison industry to 
the military industrial complex, et cetera. This plant and cannabis can mean so much on healing so much of this stuff. Even I saw something probably within the last year. I mean, time is so strange these days. I don't remember quite when I read it, but they're planting hemp in Japan around where the nuclear bombs because they got that from the radiation. They got that from Chernobyl. So all in the Chernobyl area, they planted hemp to be able to. Unbelievable. It will pull the, the toxins from the from the earth and like i mean it's you know we could go on a tangent on so many levels from food to fuel to you know yeah. fiber and homes and it's really um phenomenal sure. plant so it's, sure. it's a beautiful future i'm gonna ask john's favorite question he loves when i ask this question yeah so, uh, he won't let I me know. he won't let me do the show if i don't ask this oh yeah please is that true <laughs> now we talked about whether we're gonna keep this question i like this question i'm now you made me a liker of this question I like this question, but the reason why it becomes a challenge because a lot of people don't remember. I find it fascinating, so I'm curious. Uh, yeah. So the bonus question is: uh, Describe what your room looked like growing up, if you can. My room growing up from from which ages? I shared my, a room for many years at a younger age, and then uh, I guess when I old enough to be able to make it my own, I guess that should be the real answer, right? Like um, last year. <laughs> uh, it was it's it was covered with stuff you know magazines and posters and right rappers like, and what rock kind stars like and, was it was it music oh man like oh all, yeah music and sports too i was a very contradicted 90s kid from new york who loved the knicks and also loved michael jordan so there was a that that battle strange, con, that yeah. contradiction it was like a patrick ewing but also wall, a, you know? a jordan poster and a patrick of ewing course poster. yeah <laughs> uh and many rappers and and rock stars like littered throughout with you know just like razor in the magazine and and tacking them up you do know? you do you remember any of the specific ones like you mentioned oh, man from well definitely guns and roses the rolling stones iggy pop james brown and then all of like the new york golden era greats from wu-tang and biggie and nas and you know right. az and all those that cast of characters got it yeah and one. of course there was the uh <laughs> well the the uh other section that you didn't have the adult section with i was the, gonna the say the, like the uh the, <laughs> the, the girls the bikini and swimsuit uh right. nobody ever mentions that that I'm, section I'm of their wall i'm that old so there. you know I, so I had a poster of Heather Thomas in a bikini. Yeah. Nobody remembers who that is, but if you, if anybody does Heather Google it, Thomas. It, it's an image of her with looking her, up, like moving her, uh, her bikini, and it was like, it was like Heather Locklear. World changing, yeah. That's She's a one. good one. Where was she in? Was she of Charlie's uh, Angel or something? She, she looks like she that. She was not in Charlie's Angels. I don't remember what she was in. Doesn't matter. Uh, the post first of all when you that have the name heather the... thomas you have to be hot because you just can't have the name heather <laughs> heather's thomas. all the heathers they even made the whole movie yeah. it's true heathers, heathers are always hot yeah <laughs> yeah they did there, there was that section and it was definitely the first section to come down you know the sports uh, stuff sure. and the rapper music stuff stayed up a little bit longer right you know in the folks house but the <laughs> the uh well when your girlfriend yeah, comes over and you have a heather yeah. thomas poster up it's a little after awkward. a while they don't want to <laughs> i never <laughs> thought about you're it you're like oh you like kind of block it in yeah, yeah. <laughs> you forget so yeah matt thanks so much thanks, for matt. Doing this. Where, yeah, where can Jonathan people find Lane, more great, about great you or 
uh, get in contact with you or yeah, anything that absolutely i'm on instagram it's at roninology which is r-o-n-i-n-o-l-o-g-y and that i think is also the youtube channel which has got some cool content up there from years past in our events mm-hmm. you know there might even be the panel that you were on i think might even be up there from years vegas cannabis summit uh fame or infamy as it were years ago i'm around the website's byronin.com i'm pretty easily searched through the interwebs and and found through those ways so happy to connect with anybody and it's been great chatting with you, gentlemen. Congratulations on the show. Good luck. Yeah, you know, thank you. Awesome, brother. Many episodes, you know. Thank you. Come visit L.A., man, when, when uh, this Oh, I can't wait. Over. It's very high on my list of the places to check in on with my family and friends out there. But please keep me posted on the uh, guest. Well, what we're, I had to, I was going to call in on the, the oh, people the... gone too soon. Episode. Yeah, we'll keep yeah, you posted. Gone, so too many, so gone too many, soon. Gone too soon. So many. Brilliant artists. That, I know. Uh, cool. Deserve that recognition. So, But thank you, gentlemen. Happy All holidays. Right. Thanks, brother. And your brother. families as well. And you too. All right. Great guy. That was cool. You always have yeah. such good guests. You know a lot of really cool people. I know that took a lot longer than what I do. And I think I think these are my squirrel moments that come in. Like I ask three questions, but like I'm curious about things. And it's sort of like uh, you know, we were gonna talk about superpowers and sort of like my superpower, I think, of multitasking, but also it can be detrimental thing because you keep digging more digging and I'm not more. aware. I'm not aware of time. Well, that like, time is a d- different concept to me than a lot of people. Well, that's why I'm there as your host well, cat slash you. producer. Thank I you. was saying, it, just want to it's funny. let you know in terms of time. So I had this whole inter- interaction with my ex-girlfriend and I would always say I'll be there in 20 minutes. My concept of 20 minutes is I think it's 20 minutes, but it, sometimes it's like, 40 minutes. I don't have a really good concept of what 20 minutes seems like it's 20 minutes. So after a while, she was like, is it 20 minutes or is it your 20 minutes? (laughs) It's my, it's my 20 minutes. (laughs) By the way, speaking of multitasking. So during this whole thing, my kids keep texting me. I keep saying, I'm on, I'm on a podcast guys. They're like, well, we want to order dinner. And I say, fine, just fucking order dinner. Like I'm on a podcast. Like, and so then they just wrote back. Okay. We ordered. I'm like, cool. What'd you get me? Oh, we didn't order for you. I was like, God, this is just right. the respect. You didn't ask. You didn't say right. order for me too. No <laughs> right. I hate that. Freaking. Kids. Hey, are you anyway. wearing a cool shirt today? We didn't do the shirt. Yeah, we didn't do the shirt. So this shirt is, it's just a funny shirt. I'm going to rise slowly because it, it's yeah. a bit of an optical illusion. Ah, uh, your donut Dodger shirt. It's a donuts. <laughs> it's, it's a Dodgers logo, but it says donuts. And uh funny story that, um, I'm not going to drop names here because it's not even that interesting a name to drop. But I did a summer camp thing with my daughter a few summers ago where, you know, for a weekend, we, a bunch of dads and their daughters go to this thing called Camp Hollywood Land and they hang out. It's, it's really cute. It's a summer camp for girls, but you go with your dad and we stay in a bunk and everything. Anyway, the mayor of the city happened to be uh, up there with his daughter that weekend, uh, Mayor Garcetti. I got to know him a little bit and I, would, I wore this shirt and he called me. He couldn't remember my name, so he started calling me Johnny Donuts. And so the mayor calls me Johnny Donuts. That's there my. You go. And you there he is. That was when the people liked the mayor. Now people don't like the mayor as much anymore. I don't mind the mayor. It's fine. He's all right. He's got a lot on his plate. He's just a very nice guy. He's um, a nice guy. I met him a couple of times too. So what shirt are you wearing? I don't know if you can see this. Oh, it's a it's a VW bus, and it says Pro 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 Prodigy. That's it. The Prodigy. Oh, yeah. I love Prodigy. 
is the prodigy. Yes. Oh so my God. big ups to Keith Flint, who uh, passed away last year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He was the, the lead guy, the one. If you ever see the videos like for Smack My Bitch Up and all that other stuff. By the way, there was a whole Beastie Boys uh, story about that. Really? Uh, I don't remember. So Beastie Boys, and I don't remember which, maybe it's Glastonbury uh, Festival. They, so I think it was, uh, I think it was MCA, Adam, that had an issue with the song. Mm-hmm. And they asked him not to perform it. And then he came out and performed it. Oh, Prodigy. As a, as a, yeah, they're like, no, 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 fuck you. We're performing that song. That's our hit. And he goes, you never listen to lyrics. It's not about, you know, beating women. It's actually against that. Right. And that's what he was trying to explain. But, you know, Adam was a big uh, humanitarian and he was very against yeah. all those things. So that a big thing with... Uh, with uh, Oh, that's Adam interesting. Song. Yeah, it was a that's, It's thing. pretty hard for the Beastie Boys to... I mean, I get that they had a change and I saw the documentary and... But you know yeah. all the shit they did when they were younger. I mean, come for on. them, you for them to then sen- tell Prodigy they can't go into a song, it's a little you bit. You can't censor co- oh, girl. I mean, girls. I mean, yeah. listen to the whole a, License to yeah. Ill album. Really, it's like the worst. And I know they've yeah. they've they're embarrassed by that in a lot of ways. But it, well, they shouldn't. They don't be have a whole lot of ground to. Yeah, that was their no, evolution. I don't think they should be embarrassed about it at all. Yeah, anyway, they weren't imitating. A, it was a show. They were they were putting on a show. They were they were imitating the douchebags that they. <laughs> they were playing characters in the exactly. early part of their career. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and it's fine. But I, I get it. But Keith Flint, yeah, I mean, I, I was a big fan of Prodigy. <clears throat> I remember back in the day, I saw them at the Limelight in New York. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic wow. show. Like, they were playing in the club. Madonna was there. It was crazy. So They had such yeah, a so. great sound. Shout out. What's your favorite Prodigy song? I love Firestarter. Yeah. Uh, What's a Breathe the Pressure? Don't bang the game on chess. Yeah. The, uh, That's breathe, right? Or breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah, yeah. Breathe. Psychosomatic. Yeah. Um, this show the called show, Big what? Mouth. Oh, Big Mouth. Yeah. Big Mouth. So I just finished watching season two, and I'm not going to give it away. There's a lot of cliffhangers there. Really, really a lot of interesting stuff on this show. But uh, you just watched season one, correct? No, I see. I... Well, I had watched season one, and then I think we're on season four. What what season are we on? Now? I don't know what season. Whatever the la- last you season. You just watched the last season, season right? The last okay. season. Is this that, season three? I think season so. Season three, three or four. Right. And I just watched I watched a lot of the last season, so when they right. go to summer camp. The reason why I bring it up, several reasons. Number one is the theme song is Changes by Charles Bradley that I played on a previous episode of Have You Heard, where Charles Bradley did a cover of a Black Sabbath song that was sung by Ozzy. That's so awesome. In the episode, in one of the episodes, instead of the Charles Bradley version, they actually play the Black Sabbath and Ozzy version of that. So I was like, man, that's freaking cool. We got to bring them on the show. We got to bring, uh, we love that show. I love that show, man. That's that's Nick. Nick, uh, Nick Crawl. Crawl, yeah. yeah. What an amazing show. All, all those people. The it's writing so is funny. incredible. Yeah. But the reason why I want to ask you about that because we both have kids and uh, both uh, teen kids. So how do you feel about your kids watching Big Mouth? I, now this may give me the award for the worst parent of the year, but I actually have no problem with them watching a show like Big Mouth. I'd much rather them watch a show like Big Mouth than like some violent, you know, sadistic. I, I actually don't really censor anything that they watch. Big Mouth to me is actually one of the most honest shows that you could watch. I think they find it very hard to watch it with me because it's so yeah. 
embarrassing, <laughs> especially my 15 year old. I mean, it's it's right on the nose, right? Like they're right. Like the kids in that show are his age, basically, like yeah. maybe a little bit younger. And I mean, so I think it's actually one of the more um, uh, instructive shows. And if they had a show like that on when we were kids. I, li- I like instructive. Can, yeah. I like that. Can we, because cause can you imagine a show like that when we were kids being on with like animated characters that talk about masturbation and anal sex? I mean, whatever it is. It's like everything. N- everything. everything. It's like no holds barred. It's hilarious. It's very funny. And so honest. So I think it's a, a terrific show. And my son sort of discovered it on his own, I think, or not even on his own. I'm sure his friends told him, but whatever. But he was watching, like he watches things now without me knowing it, like on his computer or whatever on his phone. So he had already knew about it. I don't know if my daughter, 11, would even really get it. She might start to get it. I completely agree with Big Mouth. My daughter, we will watch it together up until like this season. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, nah, I'm going to watch it on my own. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Does your daughter give it. you a lot of, I'm good. I'm good. I'm cool. My, my, yeah, my she's son. like, I'm good. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah, I got, I got it. She doesn't want to watch anything myself. with me anymore. It's so sad. My daughter will, but she would be too embarrassed to watch that one with me, I think. It's yeah. too. Well, we have, we have shows, we have go to shows, and then uh, when there's like a sex scene, yeah. We, just, we kind of look away and yeah, we're like, it. yeah, we fast forward. <laughs> Big mouth, absolutely, yes, for yes. sure. I thumbs up agree. on this. So season. If, anybody, if anybody's kind of weirded out about having conversations with little kids about sex or masturbation, <laughs> just uh, put on Big Mouth. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, have a it's all there. <laughs> it's all there. It's done for you. Yeah, That's it's probably more out. deviant than I certainly ever was. Yeah. It's, so I have a question for you in terms of go to music. So my daughter likes sad music she likes all kinds of music but hmm. music that she connects to has an emotional sadness overtone like billy eilish to me has a sadness to yeah it, right definitely so there's a there's a certain energy that you get so her mom had a conversation with her about you shouldn't listen to sad music because then you create sad energy and it's negative vibrating energy hmm. and blah 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 and i was thinking to myself man i love sad music i love happy music too to dance to but if I'm connecting to a song, that emotion that comes through, like I'm watching the back of me is Allison Chains, Lane Stanley. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, even though a lot of them are written by Jerry Cantrell, the sadness, even even Rooster, like all their songs, the yeah. sadness of the way it's delivered, it connects to me. And a lot of that music, Radiohead is behind me too. I can't say that's like happy dance music. There's a sadness. There's a, uh, a vibrational energy that's, that connects with me. So my go-to music when I and I was looking at my, like my playlists, except if it's a hip hop, like obviously, and, and if it's anything I want to really like, just drive and listen to in the car. But that music that really resonates with me has that air of sadness to that. So I wanted to ask you: Do you are you yeah? More that's a happy I think that's, music or a sad? Music? No, I don't. I definitely don't listen to like happy upbeat party music. Like that's not. I mean, you're right. Hip hop oftentimes there's a lot of. I don't know if it's sad, but there's a lot of emotion in it, especially the yeah. early stuff. Um, all due respect to your uh, wife here. I don't uh, uh, agree Ex, with her. Ex-wife, ex-wife sorry. Please. Sorry, we have the ex-wife please. here. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think that it's very important for kids to be able to be in touch with all their emotions. And I yeah. think why, you know, you're going to be sad in your life and why limit your experience. You know, I think I think music is a great way of dealing with your sadness and helping, yeah. you know, sort of finding like, it's like you have a companion in your sadness. I mean, look, when we were teenagers, I used to love to listen to sad music when I was a teenager, especially like after I broke up with somebody. 
I don't know, I would torture myself and just like listen to like soundtracks like of our, you know, the songs that we listen to together, you know, and yeah. then just like cry. And, you know, and I don't know if those are like any, like any John Hughes movie. It was like a, that yeah, it was, was like a companion. I mean, honestly, it's embarrassing, but my high school girlfriend and I, our song was Against All Odds by Phil Collins. And uh, it's one of the worst songs. Actually, it's not a bad song. I love that song. It's, it's a, a good great song. song. I shouldn't say it's a bad song. I love <laughs> Phil Collins. But I, I still cannot hear that song without getting like slightly choked up. I don't even rem- really remember dating her that much, but that song had such an impact on me. And I listened to it so many times when I was sad that now I just associate right. it with sad feelings. But I, it's like a companion. Like sad songs are like a companion uh, when you're sad. I think that they help I, you I get in touch agree. with it. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I, sometimes a sad song comes on the radio and I'm in my car and I'm like, I can't listen to this right now. It's just taking me way back to in a place I don't necessarily want to go. But I think there's a time for all of them. Yeah. yeah and I definitely think that, uh, uh, we should do an episode and uh, come up with like our top ten sort of sad. Yeah, it would be the saddest. Songs. The saddest. We should do like a Valentine's Just, episode, like love, love songs, our favorite love yeah, songs. Sad love songs. It's a yeah. breakup song. It's during Valentine's. It'd be so appropriate. Oh man, I have a lot of sad songs. But it was interesting when you said hip hop. I was trying to think of is there a lot of sad hip hop? There's not really sad. Well, like, you know, it, it, there's emotion. Like yeah, even if emotional. you think, um, so uh, what would be a good example? Ghetto Boys, okay? So I'm just off the top of my head. Uh, my mind's playing tricks on me. Yeah. If you listen to that song, man, that's got so it's much- intense. It's intense, yeah. raw emotion, but not happy. No, it's that not is a, a lot of sadness. There's a yeah, lot of sadness and sadness. darkness. It's not like tearjerker type of love songs in hip hop so much because that's not really the vibe. I mean, LL Cool J tried to do a few. <laughs> I need. Love. I need love. <laughs> right. That was like the first. The first like old, like old school sad song. But uh, no, you're they don't right. Need to be they're, balanced. It's they're, the they're opposite guys like, of happy. It's like this. It's almost. Yeah, it's not in the kind of love well, song there's a period. guy who passed away, Extinction, whatever his name is. Uh, I'm probably oh, was he an LA bat rapper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exhibit he, he, was it Exhibit? No, that's different. No, Exhibit is actually like, still with us. Yeah, he's still with <laughs> us. And uh, it's XXX, three X's, uh huh. Extinction, okay. Extinction. I'm, I'm butchering the name most likely, but he, I think, he got shot. Hmm. Uh, and uh, if you listen to his music, a lot of it's about suicide and a lot of about depression, different drug use, yeah. but pills, certain pills that create their associated with sadness. And I listen to lyrics. It's not the beats behind it. Don't match what he's saying. So the beats are, you know, they're kind of, you can groove to the beat, but the lyrics, if you listen to it, man, there's a lot heavy. of pain in, in those. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It's heavy. So there is, there are some, and if you listen to like Tyler, the creator, there's some interesting uh, songs that he has. I think people just don't listen to lyrics anymore. Like yeah. when I talk to my daughter's uh, friends and hip hop, they're like, "Man, this is just this is just a beat. Like, listen to it. You can dance to this." And maybe maybe back in the day we did the same thing. There's music that you just dance to, but you didn't pay attention to lyrics. Yeah. But I honestly can't understand a lot of the lyrics because they're so autotune and so the odd. Mumbly, it's the hard, mumble rap. It's it's hard to understand. Even if you listen to uh, like Travis Scott, the highest one in the room, that that song, mm-hmm. uh, which has an incredible video to that. I highly recommend it. There's a sad undertone to that song, too, because he's he obviously is expressing the experience of, uh, you know, being under the influence of something. So I find that interesting. Yeah, at one point, hip hop went from a lot of major keys to a lot of minor keys. I don't I've always kind of yeah. wondered when did that start happening? Because it, it's definitely, a you know, in the last 
10, 15 years where like all the the vibe of it is all in yeah. the kind of a minor notes. So it kind of gives it a little bit more of a sad vibe than, you know, some of the stuff that we like. Like, I mean, Tribe Called Quest, like it's like super upbeat. It's not party music, but it's, you know, it's happy. Oh, it's happy, thumping, yeah. thumping music, you know. For sure. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm all for sad songs. Tell your daughter she's doing right. I tell her all the time that nobody should ever censor your musical uh, choices. Whatever it is that you want to listen to, whatever you gravitate to, whatever it may be, go for it. I mean, if and, a song's uh, telling you to commit no... suicide or something, then maybe, you know. Well, what, what a a song that... Does a song do that? No, no. Yeah, yeah. There was a whole lawsuit about that, about oh, Mr. Yeah. Crowley, uh, right. an Ozzy Osbourne song. There was a kid that committed suicide and they, they sued the, uh, I think, the record label by this right. song but i don't buy actually that made baloney it's like, it's like no when way. songs it, it, incite violence no i mean the culture is that the, the tupac yeah. it was the same thing with tupac exactly right. where he was saying uh, his song incited uh, violence against the police and no. the ice tea songs are reflecting with, uh, the violence popular. to me they reflect exactly. the violence they don't doesn't incite anything like So um, you go first. So I'm going to share the song. You may have heard it because it was actually picked up by a company that I hate when companies do that. I was going to yeah. actually ask Matt about that because he said they did. He used to do music for commercials, and there's nothing ruins a song more than when you hear it. Then in your favorite car, and man, it's in your car commercial, and you're like, no. A, a band sometimes <laughs> wants to get paid. I get yeah, it. I get but it. I get it. When you're when you're a band that's struggling, okay. But when you're a band like. Guns and Roses or one of those. Do you really need to do that with your music or like Led Zeppelin? You probably don't need to. I think you have enough money and you should really like keep that music. But my opinion, I don't know. All right, ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like a kind of take like a James Brown riff, but kind of it's, modernize it's, it. Exactly. Yeah. So the reason why I chose that, different reasons, but I really like the band. It's called The Heavy. The Heavy. Then the song is called How You Like Me Now. Uh, they have uh, a couple really, really great tracks, and the, they have a new album out too. What do you think about the hairstyle of having a little thing of hair on the bald head pull that off. <laughs> i just like, i, th- I like thought the- at first it was a mole but then i just realized that it that it was it was even better than a mole <laughs> yeah um, it was a, so the guy's name is kelvin i forgot his last name he's the uh, coolest they sort of take blues and they funk it up they have a couple different songs so i know we had this conversation about blues 
I'm going to begin to introduce the style of genre of blues. You are starting to get me into blues. Way. Yeah, I don't know what's happening, but you started to get me into blues. Um, we'll get into my song. Now, this is a woman that was introduced to me. I call her. By the way, did you like that song? Oh, I really liked it. That was cool. Okay. How you like me now? Yeah. It's also a really cool video because they're like in a, a forest and there's like red, little red riding hood is stalking them. It's kind of cool. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. My song today, it's a, it's kind of a modern thing. So there's a woman by the name of Elise Trow who mm. was uh, who was actually uh, introduced to me by a friend of mine who's a music producer out here who's been very successful. Um, and she had approached him. I don't know why he told me this, but she had approached him about maybe producing something for her. So he, he kind of found out about her. And she's one of these kind of YouTube sensations that makes really good music who is also really good with social media and is extremely attractive but that mm. goes without saying and she is also super talented so i don't i feel like we've discovered her on this show like she's going to be like the next billy eilish but i will right. i will let you this is not an original composition by her but what she likes to do sometimes is she likes to and it's a i really encourage you to watch this video it's called the foo fighters meets 70s bobby caldwell elise trout and she, what she does you'll see so she she samples herself playing different instruments you showed me something similar this last time um where they sample themselves playing little riffs and then they put it on a loop and then they go play the next instrument right so yeah. so here she goes can you hear it Isn't she I love, cool? First of all, I love uh, Bobby Caldwell. Me too. I, and, uh, you know, I love Foo Fighters too. And I that's one of my favorite, Everlong, one of my favorite uh, Foo Fighters. I thought it was such a creative combination. I know I paid a mashup. It's a great mashup. Time. Yeah, but, it's a great uh, but mashup. She's, but it's a live mashup and she is just, she's super talented. I think. That, I love this whole thing with the loops, man. Yeah, I, this is the thing now. I went to, uh, I went to see Ed Sheeran at mm -hmm. the Hollywood Bowl. And Hollywood Bowl, what is it, fit like 10,000 people? I don't even know how yeah. many. It's a pretty big venue. I mean, the guy's standing on stage by himself right, with two microphones and guitar, and he's looping himself and creating the track Amazing. as he's playing. 
I thought it was amazing. Yes, yeah, so that's how he's. Yeah, that. I mean, that was. That's always. I'm so glad he keeps doing that because I think apparently when he was first starting out, he played a lot of shows in L.A. Um, yeah. at the uh, in in Hollywood, and he would do that. He would kind of have this loop, these loops, and he would play. You know, like like what she's doing. I think yeah. it's it's amazing. I mean, it, it's sort of like uh, Matt's point about how he misses bands. You know, but you know now nowadays you don't really have to have a band because you can just play you can play every instrument like she does and then put it on a loop and yeah. basically create your own band in your in your bedroom which is the video of oh, her but it's you know, amazing it's still I, pretty I incredible and i i just think it's really innovative and and, and fun to watch and it's so it was creative so i wanted to share that with you El, and i, I want to share that with you i wrote your, it your down listener. and i'm going to share with my daughter because i think she'll she she'll might like, like her or she'll just be like that girl's way too pretty to be talented <laughs> she's got it all i don't think so because uh you know my daughter's kind of pretty and she's pretty talented i know oh, good, a lot of good. Uh, kids these days that are yeah you can you can be both you can have it all kids, and I, but you uh, can be both you can be pretty and talented. it's funny though i was reading the comments and people couldn't get over in that video the fact they're like get a hair clip and I, now i see why really? well because the whole time she's she's pushing her hair out of her her face but you yeah. know it's so stupid i know it's so dumb uh Super people petty. always find the silliest things so I had a I had a conversation with uh, a uh, black friend of mine who was uh, shocked to find out that Bobby Caldwell is not black. That is, you know, that is an episode that we should do. People who really just basically should be black but aren't, and and how stunned you are when you hear. I, yeah, I never even the thought fact about that Bobby it. Caldwell is not black is absolutely shocking. I think I just found it out fairly recently because I that's one of my favorite '70s kind of soft rock songs, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, how is that guy not black? It's just incredible. There's a few people like that. You can you can have you can have soul in <laughs> soul. I mean, he's just doing there's a very good imitation there, of a, of there's a black soul. There's soulful white guys and the and the Jewish guys and you name well, it. Well, the whole yacht rock thing is just a bunch of white guys pretending to be well, doing black music. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the soul of uh, some of those guys, but maybe maybe I'm I'm yeah, Michael McDonald. Open to a, Michael McDonald is freaking soulful as hell. He's soulful as hell, and he's a white dude but you know well, if you goes, were just black you might the, you might think he it goes black. back to the blues too so yeah. if you think about it in, in a lot of the british bands especially if you look at them even even the black keys were not british who are from ohio i mean there was so much soul in two people it's yeah. it's a band of two guys and they put up that soul and, yeah so rick astley sounds black but he's not. he does he sounds yeah, like right. exactly right exactly i thought he was when i first heard this song Yes. I, yeah. Maybe that's a good episode for us to do. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how controversial it will be, but what we'll yeah. This is a great episode. It had it all. It had it had entertainment. It had music. It had cannabis. I mean, what you know, and 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 it's free of charge. So what what else could I people know. want from a podcast? Please uh, write in the comments. Uh, let us know if you have any ideas for us. Uh, subscribe if you like it. Share with your friends. Uh, always grateful for everybody's feedback. Loved it. Peace.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.